You're part of Constellation now. Part of our family. I'll follow you from here on out, Captain. We're all here because we're committed to the biggest question of all. What's out there? Grab jump is ready. I love this part. Welcome, everyone, to the Starfield Sandwich Podcast, a Starfield podcast by fans for fans. I'm one of your hosts, Eric, a.k.a. Sulior, and in case you've been living under a rock, you've probably heard that uh, Todd Howard did an interview recently with the Kind of Funny X cast, and he answered a lot of questions that we have all kind of been wanting to know Um Granted, he still didn't give us everything, but some of the questions that have really been um, talked about by fans since the showcase happened, uh, he addressed. Um, There was a lot there, Um, so I took a listen to it. It uh, was only about an hour long, but let's go ahead and uh, break all this down. So... Also, um, the crew over there at the Starfield Lorecast podcast kind of did a breakdown on Twitter of all this, and, uh, you know, some other podcasts have kind of been uh, breaking everything down, like our our good uh, friends at the Fallout feed, Um, their recent episode, they kind of talked about this, but um, yeah, I am going to go through this and give my thoughts on this. So the first thing that was addressed was um, about the Thousand Planets and just how lively they are, or they are. And Todd Howard said that only about 10% of these planets have life. And uh, this kind of sparked hell on social media where everybody's losing their minds about this. And here's the thing, guys. Yeah, there might only be life on 10% of these thousand planets, but that doesn't mean that there's nothing to do on these thousand planets. Like, there's there's always something to do. Think about this, guys. It's a Bethesda game. They want you to explore, and when you do explore, you're guaranteed to be rewarded for this exploration by coming across lore. Um, yeah, it, you know, there's there's things involving quests. There's, it doesn't mean that these planets are empty. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like there there's going to be a reason to visit these other 900 planets that apparently don't have any life on them. So I'm not really too concerned about this. Um, another thing that was brought up is about the different biomes for these planets. Now. Some of these planets will have a single biome, like they're going to be a water world or a desert world or something like that, but a lot of these other planets are going to have multiple biomes. I mean, think about it. Earth isn't one single biome, so why would a lot of these planets be one You know, as well? Like, there's going to be planets that have quite a few different biomes on them, and I think that's fantastic because it kind of reflects reality. 
So um, another question that was brought up about how weather and environments um, influence uh, building, like builds and clothing and spacesuit choices. So uh, the answer is you will need to choose your gear uh, for based on what your environment is that you're going to be traveling into is going to be like. Um, for example, some radiation could be higher on some planets than others. Some planets could be you know, more cold, um, like if you go to Pluto per se, I'm sure that you're not going to be dressed in a sundress or, you know, a, a tank top and flip-flops. Um, not that you would considering it's space, but you, you get what I'm trying to say. So, um, another question that was brought up is about, uh, data selling. So they showed in the showcase that you scan, you can, can survey a planet, scan it, get some data well you can actually use this data for um, income you can actually go and sell the data and uh, make some money with it so that's kind of cool um, I'm sure that a lot of people are going to be doing that for a lot of um, at least at the beginning um, when you don't have a lot of junk to sell so yeah that's a, a good way to make a little bit of income um, another uh, question was about how enemies uh, will interact with you like some may just be straight up hostile and uh, some maybe not so um, so the answer is one of the challenges in development of these planets is the possibility of high-level creatures um, attacking and killing other creatures so you, you do see this in other Fallout games uh, there's a picture that I saw on Twitter that was really funny about uh, you know, it was a couple of um, Protectrons having a slap fight with each other, which was really funny. And just today, I was um, playing some Fallout 76, and I came across uh, what the hell was it? It was a Snallygaster. Oh yeah, I was um, there. There was a daily challenge today for killing three Snallygasters, and one of the places that I always go to to uh, get Snallygasters is uh, Hemlock Holes, because there's always two there, along with the Grafton Monsters, so, you know, three legendaries right there, or not legendaries, well, they could be, but uh, cryptids. And I actually came across the Snallygaster and Grafton Monster attacking each other, so, you know, it helped me with, uh, take them out pretty easily. So, yeah, I imagine we'll see this in Starfield as well. I mean, why the hell not? So, um, speaking of creatures, one of the other questions that was asked was about, um, you know, how these games always have iconic creatures. Like, you know, there's the dragons in Skyrim, there's the Deathclaws in Fallout, and whether or not Starfield will have uh, these things. And he said, yeah, um, there's going to be several, and one that's really bad so uh and you know of course we're gonna have to wait to play this for um uh, to, to be able to see this ourselves but yeah he did kind of tease that there is gonna be some sort of iconic starfield creature so um the next question that was addressed is one that a lot of us have um like it's one of the most common questions that i've seen and that is whether or not uh, there are going to be land vehicles or mounts in Starfield, and the answer is no. So, you know what? I'm not too worried about this, though, because, you know, he, he did say that the jetpack kind of works in that manner, where you can you know, kind of fly around. It's not going to just be like a jetpack in Fallout, where you use it to reach 
a high level or you know travel across a gorge or something like that that's really small um, you can kind of use it to just fly around and I'm sure there's a fuel uh, mechanic but yeah I, I'm not too worried about the no land vehicle or mount um, I think I've I've heard somebody say this recently, but in you know the Elder Scrolls games, I don't really use mounts that much um, because they, they kind of tend to be more trouble than they're worth. Like just being able to control it, you you would think that moving a horse around would be fairly simple, but it, in reality, it's not so much. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about that. I know that pissed a lot of people off, um, not having like a Land Rover or something like that. I'm, I'm not too concerned about that. But, you know, I, I've been told that I I'm, I tend to have the uh, positive outlook on things. But, um, yeah, the next question that we got here is uh, whether or not you have to have companions travel with you. And no, um... You, you, you want it, you can play solo if you want you don't have to have a companion follow around follow you around um, but there are solo perks that help with this or, or traits I, I get the two confused sometimes whether it's a perk or a trait but yeah you don't have to have companions come around like you can actually just recruit all your crew and then just go out on missions on your own like that quest that we saw where he's coming back to the ship and Vasco was there to greet him. I didn't notice anybody else traveling around with him, did you? Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, then the next question that I saw, or that I, I see here, which is really kind of funny, because, you know, of course I took notes, but it's whether or not you can space companions that you don't like. Um, I'm guessing this question was kind of about the adoring fan. Um, so basically, yeah, you, what you would do is you would put them in an airlock and just like yeet them into space. And the answer is you may not be able to make them walk the plank, but you can send them away. You can assign them to empty ships or settlements and um, otherwise just not even have to deal with them. Now, I don't know exactly how this works with the adoring fan um because they they have kind of hinted that you can kill him and he'll come back just like his counterpart in oblivion so i <laughs> i am I, I fully anticipate seeing uh youtube videos and things like that of all the, the unique ways to kill him but i i imagine he comes back but hopefully we can i mean it, it's kind of uh alluded to here that we can't really do that but that would be awesome. Like if if our ship gets overrun by pirates or something like that, just kind of have them, you know, overwhelm us and just like lead them all into the airlock and just throw them in the hell into space. That would be amazing. So uh, the next question I see here is uh, whether or not we can have a crew entirely made of robots. Um, and this is kind of cool. Like who would have thought? I mean, yeah, there's there's tons of uh, organic companions, uh, if you will. But um, to have a crew entirely made of robots, um, yeah, but the, the answer is uh, yes. Well, sort of. Uh, Todd says that technically anything's possible, but there are more humans than robots. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you could definitely have a crew made of entirely of robots if you want to. It just might not be as big as uh, one that has 
humans with them. So, all right, next question is about radio stations, uh, like in Fallout. You know how you've got your Pip-Boy and you can just kind of listen to the radio while you play, uh, go around uh, doing some really dark things while hearing Bingo Bango Bongo or uh, something like that. Uh, Don't you know it's the end of the world? Uh, It ended when you said goodbye. So, yeah, apparently there is one radio station but it's only in one location so there's no interplanetary tunes uh playing all the time and yeah you know that that kind of sucks i would love to have like a a radio station playing while you're flying through space and having those dog fights those uh space battles that would be glorious but you know what i'm sure there's going to be a mod for that down the road so the next question that I'm seeing here is if you're a pirate and you want to steal your, a ship and upgrade it. So yes, um, you can steal a ship and add it to your crew, uh, to your um, yeah, your your fleet, if you will. But uh, the the thing about that is, is you're probably going to need to do some work onto it or, or to it to uh, uh, unidentify it with the previous crew. Um, so yeah, de- definitely uh, make sure that you take the steps to make sure that uh, the uh, the authorities cannot uh, identify it. So, but yes, you can definitely register a stolen ship. But just uh, more more info is going to be coming down the line with that. Uh, next question is whether or not the shipbuilder we use will work for every ship in the game. And yeah, every ship in the game is built with this tool. So, cool. Next one is, can we dive right into designing ships at the beginning of the game? So, shipbuilding becomes more expansive and possible as the game goes on. Uh, lots of late game options and ships are expensive. So, yeah, uh, they, they kind of talked about this a little bit in the showcase where you start out by buying a ship and then you just uh, customize it as you go along. So I'm guessing this is kind of like Automatron where when you, like in Fallout 4, when you start the Automatron uh, thing, you find Ada and you can build robot companions, but the thing is that it's very limited at the beginning, so when you start getting attacked by the swarm bots and the rust devils, things like that, those robots will have parts on them, and you can use those to, um, you know, customize robots even further. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's kind of like that, but yeah, I, I can't imagine how fucking expensive ships can get, <laughs> especially the more elaborate ones and not just. Uh, tubs floating in space and my dog had to shake her head apparently so yeah um let's see what where are we at here so lots of in late game options i i can't imagine and i'm sure that mods will uh kind of go along with that more so all right next question we've got here is um kind of about environments and textures just um uh, yeah to, in order to make Starfield, it says, uh, Todd, Todd said, uh, Bethesda upgade, upgraded their game engine with many new systems and, and improvements. And I can tell just by watching what we saw in the showcase. Oh, my God. It was so beautiful. But um, it says here, we'll see volumetric fog, which interacts with GI lighting and a lot of physics and gravity improvements that will affect our gameplay in new and interesting ways. 
yeah, you can just tell that um, they've made a lot of improvements to their uh, system, their engine. So, um, another question that was asked, and uh, this is kind of cool, is about the um, just how fit, uh, space travel is possible, like the uh, faster than light. Um, travel and he said that they actually have a name for what they call it and uh, let me let me see here so Todd said that they call it grav drive and I guess that's short for graviton loop field array it's uh, I guess some sort of space folding gravitational system kind of like mass effect from what I understand with their mass relays things like that um, sounds pretty cool um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, seeing how that works. You know, I'm a sucker for lore, so something like that. And I'm a huge nerd, obviously. So really looking forward to seeing how that sort of thing works. Um, there's another question about fishing. And uh, Todd was kind of like, well, it took us 10 years to incorporate it into Skyrim. It's something you would think would be kind of obvious. But um, yeah, there's not going to be any fishing initially. But, I, you know, who's to say we can't include it later? Um, let's see, the next question that I'm seeing here is about modding. Uh, yeah, Paris, I believe, was the one who asked this question. And he just kind of, uh, he said, you know, Bethesda has really, um, embraced the modding community forever, really. I mean, the first one, I, I mean, Oblivion, Morrowind, um, there's actually a set in the, uh, options for, or in the, uh, settings for mods. Um, to where you, it'll have the mod listing in the game. And he said that um, basically at, at, that Starfield is going to be a modder's paradise. So, and you know, these uh, 900 some odd planets that don't have life on them, I can just imagine what people are going to be doing with them. Um, I've been joking around for a while that um, I guarantee that somebody is going to make a xenomorph planet or a predator planet and just have, like, we'll be able to see these epic uh, alien versus predator battles in Starfield. Like, God, can you imagine just, that, like, all the crazy shit that people are going to be doing with this game? I can't fucking wait. Um, next question that I'm seeing here is about outposts and how do they work. So uh, Todd said that it's like shipbuilding. Outposts are a system that really come to life in late game, and it's uh, really deep with a lot of options for building and how you can connect them together. Um, so kind of like the uh, settlement system in Fallout 4 from what I'm understanding. Also, outposts can be smart, uh, smart choice for making money. Um, yeah, which uh, is kind of, I mean, that you can't really do that in Fallout 4 where you make money from your settlements. They're really just a way to support all your people but um, it is kind of something that you see in Skyrim with the Creation Club, um, where there is a uh, house, like a player house, that you can turn into a farm. And I have, I've had other mods. I, I can't remember what the name of this mod is, where it, it's a player house right down from where Lakeview Manor is. And it's a, a mill that you can use to make money. So hopefully it'll be something like that where you can build it up. You can hire people to tend it. And then it'll start uh, bringing in some income. 
Um, God, I want to say it's Red Water Mill. I, that's going to bother me. But yeah, it was, I mean, it was a mod, but I mean, it just shows that this sort of thing can be done in these games. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that works. All right, next question is about companions and how many companions are romanceable? And um, currently there's four and they're all from Constellation. Um, you know, this, this is kind of, I mean, Fallout 4 and Skyrim had tons of romanceable companions. Um, not to mention, well, I mean, in with Cyberpunk, there were only four. But, um, yeah, I don't know if that's something that's going to change down the line, but considering how big this game is, it's kind of surprising that there's only four, in my opinion. Um, and who knows how exactly that's going to work, whether it's going to be like Fallout 4 where you can just kind of get with everybody and nobody cares. Um, that kind of surprised me with Fallout 4 because you would think if you, you know, you get with Kate and then you get with Piper, you would think Kate's going to get really pissed, but that wasn't the case. Um, I mean, with, with Mass Effect, they kind of acknowledge that, uh, they know. Like, I remember, um, Mass Effect 1, I romanced Liara, and then Liara isn't a big player in, uh, like a big factor in... Um, Mass Effect 2, so I kind of got with Jack, and then I broke up with her, and Jack, of course, got really pissed at me, and just kept telling me to fuck off, um, and then I, I, uh, I kind of got with Tally after that, and then when, um, Liara came back in Mass Effect 3, they kind of had a conversation about it, um, Liara was kind of like, well, I'm glad you were there for him when I couldn't be, and, you know, so everything was kind of cool, which uh, you would think there would be some sort of tension there. Like, this was all when I was on a mission with both of them. Um, I don't know. Um, there's there's just so many things that we don't know with all of this than we do. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how this plays out. Um, okay, there's the next question was about uh, black holes and whether or not they're in Starfield and... Uh, uh, Todd's like, yeah, next question, please. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, and then the last question that I'm seeing here is about whether or not you can have Vasco wear a hat. And Todd's like, um, not at the moment, but I'm sure there's going to be a mod for that. So, yeah, um, lots, lots of good information here. And again, he's still keeping some things close to the vest, but we did get some answers on some questions that a lot of people have been asking and there's you know i've heard somebody else recently um really kind of curious as to whether or not you can fly your ship in atmosphere and it doesn't look like that's the case um i mean yeah you just kind of take off and land and yeah there's going to be some flight in space um that you're actually going to be controlling which i'm excited about um I, I've said that I'm not a big... I, I t normally don't care for space battles, like fighting space battles. Um, I played a little bit of the original Star Wars Battlefront, and that was that I much preferred the land missions to space missions, but I got a feeling that I'm really going to enjoy the mechanics of this. It is Bethesda, after all. And, I again, there's reason there's a reason why i always gravitate toward bethesda games and i just I, I love them so much and i just can't wait to see all of this but 
yeah, I just thought I'd see, you know, I'd uh, give my two cents on the um, Todd Howard interview with the Kind of Funny X cast and definitely check it out if you haven't listened to it yet. Um, Like I said, it's only an hour long, so it's not like you have to dedicate a lot of time to it, but it's definitely worth listening. So, and kind of formulate your own opinions and just see what you get out of this interview with Todd Howard. So for now, I'm going to shut up for a bit and hand this over to my good buddy Kelsey so he can give you all his thoughts on this uh, great interview with Todd Howard, and I will be back at the end to wrap this up. So take it away, Mr. KDB. Hello, travellers. Thanks, Eric, for handing over to me. Very happy to be back for episode two of our new Starfield podcast. I'm sitting here in my very non-spaceship-like home office, um, continuing to dream about venturing into the stars and becoming a space pirate and asserting my dominance over the galaxy. Um, Yeah, I can't wait. I feel like my hype levels have not subsided I'm continuing to count down the days to release of Starfield. I should just say, by the way, if you can hear my fan in the background, I apologise. So in the UK at the moment, we're having a bit of a heat wave. Um, It is boiling hot. I've already done another podcast today. I did an episode of Gears Intel with my buddies David and Alex. Uh, Come and follow Gears Intel if you like Gears of War. And yeah, that was, um, by the end of it, it was a struggle to get through because... You know, when you're recording a podcast at home and you have your your computer, your laptop, your you have all your electronics going and you generally have the window shut to try and, you know, block out the noise from the outside. The room turns into a bit of an oven and when it's a day like today, when it's boiling hot outside, our homes in the UK just heat up. Um, yeah, to sometimes unbearable levels. So I do have a fan going. I apologise if you can hear it, but... I'm not going to get this recorded without it going. So, yeah, that's that's the um, that's the trade-off today. Um, and I do have a cold drink to try and cool me down. No coffee today. Uh, but yes, Starfield, as I say, my hype levels are just kind of growing and growing. Um, I can't wait. So thank you to everyone that listened to episode one. Um, thank you to everyone that's supporting the podcast so far and this new launch. We're still figuring it out as we mentioned and working out some ideas for future episodes but we thought we'd you know just keep things coming do an episode two uh, because there's been a little bit more Starfield news recently there was uh, the Todd Howard interview which uh, I'm sure Eric has been speaking about and I'm not gonna recap all of that now I, I will touch on a couple of things that caught my ear from that but yeah just kind of um picking up where we left off the last episode counting down the days looking forward to starfield so at the moment before i get to starfield i can't remember if i mentioned on the previous episode like i'm just playing loads of uh diablo 4 at the moment that's taking up so much of my gaming time uh, it was also my birthday last week and i got sonic origins plus for my xbox so in terms of gameplay and stuff that's tidying me over Diablo 4 is going to keep me going for a while. Sonic Origins Plus I've been absolutely loving. And next Friday, AEW Fight Forever comes out, which is a 
uh, a wrestling game. Uh, Eric and I are both wrestling fans. I'm not sure if we ever really talked about that on the podcast before, but yeah. Um, and yeah, so gameplay wise, there's lots to tide me over until September, but. I just keep looking at those, you know, the people doing the Twitter countdowns, 70 days. What are we at the moment? I think it's like 68 days or something until Starfield releases. And yeah, it can't come quick enough. So, but yeah, what was the news? As mentioned, the Todd Howard interview, he gave lots more details, things like no mounts and vehicles, no fishing, unfortunately. He mentioned that there's a really bad monster. And yeah, just... um, lots of new details if you haven't listened to the kind of funny interview yet please i recommend going and checking that out um it feels like that the kind of funny show is that's like xbox's go-to now because they had um so phil spencer did went on after redfall and did a you know that now sort of infamous interview where he talked about xbox being you know they're not going to out console sony and he was talking about why redfall was the way it is and yeah it was really really interesting interview (coughs) which some people said he probably shouldn't have done but i disagree i think i think phil's a really nice guy from what i see he seems honest and seems authentic you know he's a businessman at the end of the day but he seems to be unlike other businessmen in the gaming industry he seems to actually be a gamer and phil cares about games so i I enjoy that about him um but yeah kind of funny is becoming the go-to because they had phil spencer and now todd howard giving a really long you know sit down um interview and I, i think to get this so soon after the starfield direct is a real treat because yeah i'm i'm sort of desperate to soak up any new detail and it's awesome to hear todd talk about it and he's i like todd howard as well because he's also comes off as quite authentic and quite open Uh, i spent some time this week watching on youtube the um there's two like documentaries now i'm not sure where these are from so there was one that was the making of oblivion and it's like 45 minutes long and there was one the making of skyrim which also i think is about 45 minutes long now i'm not sure if these are things because i don't think I, I didn't watch them on like the official bethesda youtube channel so they're obviously ripped from somewhere and then somebody's uploaded them but i guess were they on like do you remember when games used to do like bonus dvds that would have soundtracks and making of documentaries and behind the scenes it feels like we don't get that anymore right i'm trying to think of some other games that did it i'm pretty sure metal gear solid like metal gear solid 2 and 3 or whatever they had like bonus discs with documentaries on talking about how the game was made and there's other games that did it as well and so oblivion and skyrim did it and those documentaries about how those games were made are so good um, if you've not not seen them, like if I just go to YouTube right now, uh, let's have a look here. Making of Oblivion. So yeah, like it's the first result that comes up. The Making of Obl- Oblivion Full HQ um, says, yeah, there's nothing in the description about where this came from. Um, the top comment is i can't believe they made such a big game in only 41 minutes (laughs) the length of the youtube video very funny uh making of skyrim 
again, it's the same, it's the top result 10 years ago. And it's just from some random YouTube channels. There's another one, the Skyrim documentary, You're Finally Awake, Nine Developers Recount the Making of Skyrim. I haven't watched that, but I'm going to check that one out. Um, Noclip have won the history of Bethesda Game Studios, which is like, that's a long one, that's an hour and a half. But the making of Elder Scrolls Skyrim and Elder Scrolls Oblivion really just got me sort of, whoa, sorry. Uh, sorry if you heard the audio there. It got me in the mood for Bethesda games and a new Bethesda game. And we've been seeing the Starfield Direct and getting this stuff from Todd Howard. Yeah, I'm just soaking up everything to do with these games at the moment. And I thought the interview that Todd Howard did was um, good. It was good. It was... Um, Sometimes it was a little bit awkward. Now, if you've watched this, you might know what I'm talking about. But so what they did is they talk, obviously talked about the game and talked about the showcase and the reaction to it and the pressure on uh, Bethesda. And But they put lots of questions to Todd about things that you can do and that you can and can't do in the game. And there was a few... There was a few times where... It kind of just felt like he was saying no to a lot of stuff uh, where they would ask things like, okay, so they said, yeah, are there any mounts or vehicles? And he's like, no, because the jetpack makes the booster pack, you know, the jet booster thing makes up for that. So no vehicles. They asked, is there any fishing in the game? No. Someone asked, can you put a hat on the robot? like you can put a hat on Mr. Handy and he said no like he he just kept saying no to things and then also the big thing that's come out of this interview is the sort of revelation I guess that only 10% only 100 of the planets have handcrafted stuff on which to me is like not a surprise at all and that's still great you know they they in the direct they mentioned a thousand planets cool fantastic and now it's like oh but only a hundred of them have handcrafted handcrafted stuff on the rest is procedurally generated in my mind that's like yeah uh, great <laughs> that's st still a hundred planets with lots of stuff on um and then you haven't got to go go to every single planet you know if you're not going to do the mining and stuff and you, you're not bothered about that you don't have to go to them um if you're not too worried about building stuff and resource gathering but those other planets are there if you need them and you can build on them and do what you want they're sort of it's very realistic to reality like you know you just think about our galaxy and surrounding galaxies there's tons of planets with no life on them i mean you know i so spoiler alert uh, about here's a bit about me i believe that there is alien life out there somewhere it's probably you know what that alien life is is kind of incomprehensible to us i expect but on whatever planet it is in the distance of the galaxies and universe or wherever it is i'm sure there's stuff out there but it's it's rare and it's not like we've got hundreds of planets that are near us that are populated with loads of cities and stuff like that so it's the same in the game here it's it's you know it's kind of accurate to reality so it didn't surprise me when he talked about only a hundred planets having handcrafted stuff on it's like yeah fine that's still a hell of a lot of work it's still going to be a lot to you know explore and discover so i'm not crazy about this idea i saw a couple of headlines that were like basically oh bethesda lied or the, the starfield direct lied to us and people are up in arms that <laughs> people are very angry that all 1000 planets don't have 
lots of life on and it's just like yeah what did you expect um yeah i'm super hyped about this game at no point was i ever thinking that 900 planets are gonna have loads of interesting cities and npcs and loads of life on so i'm fine with it it's you know it's no problem as far as i'm concerned um but the interview was funny because he kept saying no to things and if you watch in a whole it's like oh i wonder if he came away from that in interview feeling a bit um you know uh maybe thinking it could have gone better yeah so it was it was a good interview there was lots of other good stuff he said um he talked about easter eggs and hidden stuff and he's, he's interested to, i think he said he's interested to see how long it is before people find stuff and yeah so it's clear that there's still loads in this game that you know there's going to be to discover and i despite the interview being slightly awkward at times of him having to say no what was the other thing he said no about i'm sure there was something else but yeah it, it didn't um dampen my level of expectation but i've seen the the critics out there get very mad that only 10 percent of the planets are going to have handcrafted stuff on so but yeah not a problem to me but as for me as i said i'm looking forward to so having to think about how i'm going to play the game and i think being a space pirate is yeah that's appealing right i've seen a few people saying it and a few people can't wait to start hijacking ships and all that kind of thing when I play Bethesda games, I'm usually a good guy. <clears throat> I'm usually the nice guy. I try to be, you know, not to be an asshole. I try to do the right thing, morally the right thing. It's it's very difficult. It's it's so crazy sometimes how playing these games, I've, I've tried to purposefully be a bad guy. And although it's doable, I never feel good about it. <laughs> That's how kind of sucked in you get to these games. Um, yeah, so I guess a space pirate, you could be an honourable space pirate, right? You can, you can do piratey things without, you know, killing innocent people and stuff. You just do what you got to do to survive out there in the galaxy. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to do. I'm, I'm going to try and approach Starfield slightly unconventionally to the way I play Bethesda games, which is, yeah, be uh, Mr. Do Good, you know, do the right thing all the time follow orders you know and all that kind of thing this time i think when i play the game yeah i'm gonna try and be a bit more uh edgy <laughs> edgy i suppose for want of a better phrase but yeah the appeal of being a space pirate i just yeah i can't wait uh, i took my son to the shop earlier and uh, bought him a magazine which had some pirate toys on it some like you know an eye patch and a little kaleidoscope telescope thing and some you know jewels and pieces of eight like pirate gold and it, ju it just got me thinking about starfield i was like i can't wait to to be a pirate in space and it's it's funny that this notion of being a pirate and piracy this thing that's been around since as i was say the beginning of time but you know the beginning of civilization or whatever it's a thing that persists there's still going to be you know i imagine my ship being slightly rugged and just dragging itself through space and maybe falling apart not having the best interior things aren't immaculate and having a crew that's just kind of you know a bit more uh free and easy shall we say than 
follow the orders and help everyone. I think I'm definitely going to be really this notion of carving your own path, which is something you do in these games. This one, this time with Starfield, because it's a new IP, I feel like I'm able to make a bigger fresh start with it than anything than I am with Elder Scrolls and with Fallout. I feel like whenever I play, you know, when I played Skyrim and when I played Fallout 4 and Fallout 76, I played previous Bethesda games, I played Fallout 3, I played Oblivion, and I sort of was just kind of going in, not falling into the same traps, but do doing the same sort of things that I've always done in those games. With Starfield, it feels like I've got a fresh, you know, a clean slate, a ta what is it, a tabula rasa, a clean slate to do what I want. And I'm going to be a bad guy. Not bad. You know, I'm going to be... Yeah, space... But you could be a good pirate, as I said. I'm going to pick and choose. I mean, I, I'm maybe I'm kidding myself and I'm just going to end up being a do-gooder instead. But, yeah. I think at first... My first opportunity, I'm very much going to go off on my own. And there's something to be said where, like, well, sometimes if you do that, you risk not seeing certain aspects of the main quest and you know and missing parts of the game where you know you're supposed to sort of follow and do good because i presume like some of the main main characters like these games you can't actually kill them they just sort of you know you can maybe turn them against you but you can't kill them um i guess it'll be the same with starfield i don't want to break my game i want to try and see as much as i can of that main quest and and get through it as appropriately as possible but yeah, I'm really going to be out for me, <laughs> I should say. And I'm I'm so, so looking forward to talking about that on this podcast with Eric and in some of the YouTube videos and Let's Plays that we're going to do. So, so yeah, so not too much else to say today, really. It's just a quick check-in from me. Still hype levels through the roof, counting down the days. Thought that interview with Todd Howard was good, if awkward at times. Um... But yeah, Diablo keeping me busy. Fallout 76 is keeping me busy as well. So the new season dropped. Eric and I will do a Tapes from the Waste episode uh, talking about the new season and our reactions to the new new events and the new cryptids and all that. So there's lots of stuff going on. Uh, yeah, come and check out Gears Intel for Gears of War stuff. First Aid Spray for Resident Evil stuff. As I say, Tapes from the Waste for Fallout stuff. And yeah, I can't wait to be back talking about Starfield again very, very soon. Until next time. Stay safe, travelers. Thank you so much, uh, Kelsey. Always good to hear from you. Um, yeah, so as you can tell, the, the hype is still through the roof. Um, we got, as I mentioned, plenty of answers to questions that we've had since the direct, but still plenty that we don't know. Um, mentioned Diablo. I, I still need to pick that up. Um, got a lot of other things that have been keeping me busy at the moment. Um, as you also mentioned, there's the new scoreboard. So, yeah, I've definitely been playing a lot of that. Um, if you happen to see me on, feel, feel free to uh, join me in the game. I've been running around with people a lot more lately. Um, everybody's been hopping on. I uh, run around with... Uh, Ms. Max and Kaiju Kittens, um, as well as uh, Jess and Andrew, good buddies from the Fallout feed. So yeah, if you see me on Xbox, uh, feel free to join me and run around and take out the new legendaries. Um, also, there's the 
Fallout 4 gameplay uh, that uh, I've been playing a lot of. Definitely check out the Fallout feed for my uh, gameplay segments, and uh, also check out our uh, my uh, Twitter or my Twitch page at Sulior on uh, Twitch. Been playing on stream quite a bit, um, at least a couple times a week on uh, Twitch. So. Alright, that is going to do it for this episode. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for checking out this uh, brand new podcast adventure from us. Uh, as Kelsey said, we've gotten uh, quite a quite a few listens with the first episode, especially considering that it's still being put up on uh, different podcatchers. So definitely... Uh, Shout out to you guys for checking out this podcast. So if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can find me personally on uh, Twitter at iangold08 as well as Instagram. Uh, You can also check out my other shows at um, like Tapes from the Waste, which I also do with Kelsey. You can check out my other two solo podcasts, Tam Relic Adventures and Nintenfo. You can check out Kelsey's other podcasts there's gears intel first aid spray and the two carrots podcast you can find links to those in the show description and we'll see you next time so until then stay safe dear travelers